The Productive Woman, Episode 61. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, I'm very excited to share with you my conversation with lawyer and podcaster Katie Floyd, who shared her thoughts on managing a busy life full of professional obligations and personal interests. You'll find information about Katie and links to the tools she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 61. This episode is brought to you by PrepDish. PrepDish is a meal planning service that is your secret weapon for putting delicious, healthy meals on the table. PrepDish provides gluten-free and paleo meal plans created by a personal chef who's also a registered dietitian. And these plans come complete with printable shopping lists, preparation instructions, and lots of helpful tips that will speed up your time in the kitchen. All of this comes at a very low monthly price, and you can try the service at a very special rate of only $4 for the first month by going to prepdish.com slash productive. I'll share more about this later. But for now, let's get right into my conversation with Katie. I'm really pleased to introduce Katie Floyd to the Productive Woman listeners. Katie's a lawyer, a blogger, a speaker, and the co-host of my very favorite podcast. I'm really honored that she took the time out of her busy schedule to chat with me about managing life as a busy professional woman. So welcome, Katie. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've been listening for a while now and uh, thrilled to join you. Well, you know, as I think I've already told you, I've been a fan of Mac Power Users for a couple of years now. For for the sake of listeners, Mac Power Users is a very popular geeky podcast that Katie co-hosts with another lawyer. And it's the first one I listen to every time I listen. And so I want to talk, Katie, about what you're doing in the world of podcasting and tech and stuff. But first, can we talk a little bit about how you manage your own busy life? <laughs> we, can, we can. I don't know that I have any, any great answers out there, but we'll, we can all muddle through this together. Yeah, and that's the whole point of the productive woman. It's not an issue of, of, you know, I've got all the answers or my guests have the answers. It's if we sort of all share what's working and not working for each of us, maybe amongst amongst ourselves, we can come up with a few answers. So I always like to give a little bit of context so the listeners know who's talking and, and what it is you're trying to deal with. And so can you tell us a little bit about what might be a, a typical day for you? Well, it, as you mentioned, I'm an attorney by day and a geek by night. And so I feel like I need a caper or something that would be appropriate for that. So, and recently I decided that my life wasn't complicated enough and decided to add to the mix of that going back to school. So for any of the attorneys in the audience, I actually decided to go back to school part-time last year and I'm pursuing my LLM, which is a master's of law and taxation. And so I'm doing what is supposed to be traditionally a full-time program. I got special permission to pursue it part-time so that I can continue to work full-time. So I've got the the full-time day job as an attorney specializing you know, primarily in estate planning uh, as well as some general civil litigation. 
And then I've got the part-time blogger, podcasting, uh, you know, tech person job. Uh, and then on top of that, I'm this semester, for example, I'm I'm taking five hours. I think uh, last semester, over the course of the school year, I was taking about six hours. So typically, I, I take between five and six credit hours in the LLM program. Actually, next semester, I'll finish up with seven hours, which will be my heaviest course load yet. So. Well, crossing fingers. Hopefully I, I should finish in May, just trucking on through and, and get through it. So that's a little bit about what's going on. Uh, as a result, my days tend to vary pretty dramatically based on, is it a weekday or a weekend? I tend to have very different weekday versus weekend routines. And then they vary a bit based on, is it a school day or is it not a school day? I've, I've tried to, because of my work schedule, consolidate my school schedule to the extent possible on certain days. So I'm only in class on certain days. And in this particular semester, it happens to be only Tuesday, Thursday. So most of my days start out similarly. I'm a very early riser. So if it's a weekday, I tend to be up somewhere between five and six. And the first thing that I do generally, even before I get out of bed, um, is I'm checking all of my feeds. I've, I have an iPad and it lives on the, the nightstand next to me. And so the first thing I'll do when I get up as soon as I turn off the alarm is uh, I'll pull up the iPad and I, I've got multiple RSS feeds that I've subscribed to. I use an application called Reader um, and then a back-end news, news service uh, called Feedly uh, that I subscribe to multiple feeds. So that allows me to check a couple of dozen websites pretty quickly throughout the morning see what's going on, see what's of interest, because ultimately I'm going to use that information, you know, just to keep up to date on my podcast or potentially on my blog. And then I also go through and see, did any emails come in over the night? I, I checked the various social networks. So depending on the day, you know, that that's just kind of how I wake myself up in the morning. And that can take somewhere between, you know, 15 and 20 minutes. One of the other things that I tend to do first thing in the morning, depending on the day, is I found last year that when I added school to the mix that getting to the gym was was very difficult. I used to work out regularly with a trainer, and that was something that I had to let go for a combination of cost savings and time. So I, I picked up a used elliptical machine that I was able to keep in my, my bedroom, and that's been great. So even before I get the day started – um, you know, if I get up like at 5.30 or so, I can do 30 or 45 minutes on the elliptical machine. And then while I'm doing that, I'm usually listening to music or listening to podcasts. So multitasking a little bit and then can immediately just go and get ready for the day. And boom, my, my workout is done really before the day has even started. And then depending on what time it is, usually by that time it's, you know, 6.30 or, or 7 o'clock, I've still got some time typically before I have to get ready to, to go to work. And so, you know, that's kind of the time where I'm best in the morning. I've always been a morning person. So I'll, I'll usually devote that next maybe hour, hour and a half if I have it in the morning to a special project. You know, if I wanted to do a writing project, if there was a, a blog post that I was working on, or if maybe I needed to start putting together show notes for an upcoming episode of Mac Power Users, I, I find that I tend to be freshest first thing in the morning. So that's when I'll put on that project. And then usually if it's a school day, I'll, I have school first thing in the morning, and so I'll, I'll have to be at class by 9, so I'll usually leave the house by 8.15 or so. And if it's a work day, then I'm, I'm in the office by 8, 8.30, so I'm, I'm leaving the house about the same time. So you get a lot done early in the morning. <laughs> I, I get more done first thing in the morning than I really do any time after. I, and I learned that a long time ago, that although there are things that I can do at the end of the day, I'm certainly much more productive first thing in the morning. 
Yeah. And I tend to be the same way. You know, I think everybody has to figure that out for themselves, what, where, when they're the most alert or the most creative or whatever it is that they need for the things that are going on in their life. But I mean, for working out, I, I'm one of those people that I don't like working out. I like having worked out. <laughs> I, like, I agree. Yes. I like having done it. Uh, Check I don't the box, so John. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it's harder for me to do it later in the day. It's harder for me to get myself motivated to actually do it later in the day. So I'm there with you. Right. And, you know, again, it depends on the day. You know, if I don't have school on a particular day, then that kind of frees up. You know, if I do have school, then I tend to work later. I'll tend to work until 630 or 7 to kind of make up for that time because I've probably lost an hour and a half to two hours on the days that I'm at school. And my employer's been very flexible with that and I appreciate it, but I still have to make up, you know, the work and the time for myself and for my clients. So on school days, I tend to work a little bit later, but you know, for the other three days a week that I'm, I'm not in school, you know, sometimes I'll go to the gym, you know, for example, I I have a spin class and a couple of other classes at the gym that I really like. So some of those days I'll alternate, you know, maybe if I don't do the elliptical, then I'll go to a spin class after work, or typically at least one night a week, I have some kind of function, you know, work related, you know, as, as attorneys, and I'm sure everybody else, we have all these functions, we've got to go to this association meeting or that meeting or, or whatever. So that usually, you know, occupies at least one night a week. And then um, at least one night a week, David and I, my partner and Mac Power users, we're always doing a podcast. We typically do a podcast at 6 or 6.30 p.m. my time one night a week. So generally, at least, you know, two or three nights a week, my evenings are are occupied with some kind of project. Um, and then candidly, I'm pretty early to bed. You know, if I'm uh, you know, I'm at, at about nine o'clock. I'm, I'm thinking about, I, I'm probably not asleep, but I'm thinking about, you know, heading towards the bedroom and maybe reading for an hour or two before going to bed, because I've just learned that, you know, I'm not, I'm not really useful after, after that hour. Yeah. And you do have in your, in your, um, your life as the Mac power users host and the things that you do with David, you've got to take into account two time zones because he's clear on the other coast, right? Yeah. my David actually quit his day job uh, about a six or seven months ago. And that was the best thing for me because previously we were juggling multiple time zones and we still have to with guests sometimes. But previously we wouldn't start recording until 9 p.m. Eastern because he wouldn't get home from work until 6 p.m. Pacific. And I'm, I'm here in Florida, so I'm on the East Coast. And those were tough nights. And I know the show suffered a little bit because he was tired because he had just run in from working all day. And I was tired because I had been up all day. And at nine o'clock, I'm, I'm sitting here going, I'm ready to go to bed. Well, I think it was very generous of him to quit his job for you. It, it really was. I told him how much I appreciated it. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you've got a lot going on you, between day job and, and studying and school and, and all the other things that you're doing. Everybody, in the context of trying to manage their life, we all have sort of different challenges. For some of it's us, it's managing time. For some of us, it's managing our stuff, keeping things organized. Uh, you know, it's different for everybody. Do you have any particular challenges personally when it comes to managing your life, getting everything done, and, and sort of keeping your life on the track you want it to be on? Uh, we, we all do. I have a very big problem with saying no to people. Mm. And and I also have a problem with doing things that aren't my job and then perhaps being upset about it. 
you know, doing other people's jobs and then being upset because they're not doing their jobs because I want things done a particular way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we're all probably guilty of that to some degree. But I, yeah, I would say that's probably one of my biggest challenges is is just saying no to things. Oh, will will you be on this committee? Will you be on this board? Do you have time to look at this? Would you would you mind taking on this project and? I have a really hard time saying no to things like that. And then the other problem that I I tend to have is, you know, there are just some projects that we don't want to do. And, you know, sometimes for me, it's studying for a course that I'm not particularly interested in, but it's a required course for this program. And I am the the queen of procrastinating through productivity (laughs) because I feel like, you know what, I really need to read this, you know, these 50 pages in this corporate tax book, but gosh, I think I could go clean the grout in my bathroom. Wouldn't that be a much better thing to do? And I and I don't I don't feel bad about it because I'm I'm doing something that needs to be done, you know, and it's it's not like I'm having fun. So isn't it funny how I, I know that I've personally found I never am more interested in cleaning my bathroom or, you know, taking out the garbage or doing any number of things than I am when it's time to sit down and do, you know, something else that I ought to be doing, but maybe don't know how to do or feel overwhelmed by. Right. And for me, you know, one of the things that I've I've really found that I've had to do as I've gotten busier is structure has been key to me. Almost to the point of being you know, really really boring is I found structure. You know, I have mm-hmm. you know, the routine that I went through, that's my Monday through Friday routine. I have a very similar, you know, I could tell you a very similar routine for my weekends. It's a little different routine, but you know, sometimes I eat, you know, very similar meals week after week because it's simple. It's familiar. Um, you know, I have very similar pattern at the grocery store week after week. I, you know, even the clothes that I wear, I mean, I don't have a, a quote unquote uniform, you know, like Steve Jobs or anything <laughs> like that. Um, you know, but I, I don't go crazy. You know, I, I have tried to keep my life very, very simple. And, you know, I try to schedule things. And I try to think about, you know, how can I maximize my time and be as efficient as possible with all of the things that I need to do and, you know, just planning ahead to be as productive as possible. Well, yeah. And I I think that developing routines and sort of ways of doing the same thing the same way all the time, for me, it saves me the time of deciding what to do next or the things that you talked about, I, I was really resonating with because I'm the same way. I eat kind of the same things because then I don't have to think about what to eat. And when I go to the grocery store, I buy all the same things because it's easier than thinking up something new to do. And I don't know that there's necessarily anything wrong with that. It, It makes it easier for me to save my brain power for the things that it's really needed for. Right. And I wonder, you mentioned that you struggle sometimes with saying no, and I've heard over and over from listeners, and I've felt the same way, that I have that same issue. What do you think the reasons are why it's hard to say no, for you anyway? I, I think I think it's a couple of reasons, and you know I, I know that this is the Productive Woman podcast, so your listenership is primarily women, I would assume, but yeah. I think women tend to have much more of a problem saying no. I mean, we want people to like us, you know, and I think we feel like we have to work harder and we have to do more. And maybe that's true 
today and maybe it's not. And, and I know that's a debate that we could get into for forever. But, you know, I, I kind of feel like in, in order to reach that certain status that in order to get noticed, you do have to, and especially in certain professions, you do have to do more. You do have to stand out. You do have to be the exception. Um, and you know, honestly, and, and I don't mean this to sound conceited at all, but gosh, you know what, if I do it, I know that I'm going to do it the way that I want it done and that it's probably going to get done right. And then I don't have to worry about it anymore. Oh, no, I feel you there. I've had that issue ever since I started practicing law because I'm, you know, I have a secretary, but I like my letters set up a certain way. And I feel kind of bad about telling her she has to do it this certain way. So sometimes I'll just do it myself. And I don't know that that's necessarily the best use of my time, but if I want it done the way I want it done, it's easier sometimes to just do it myself rather than hand it off to my secretary or to a young associate that might or might not, you know, know how to do it the way I want it done. Right. And then uh, we tend to get into these routines of, well, you know, I did it once and then I did it again and then I did it again. And then your, you know, your spouse or your partner or your, your colleague or whoever, they're just going to let you keep on doing it. You know, if if you, if you start and, and then you kind of turn into, well, now I'm a little bit bitter about it. Why do I always have to do this? And, (laughs) you know, well, I don't want to tell you how to, you know, I don't know. I don't want you to do it because you don't want, you won't do it the way that I want you to, but I, I do want to kind of be mad about it. So yeah, it's a struggle. Yeah, I it's so funny when my uh, my kids were young. I'm again, I have my my routines and my sort of systems for doing things, even things as simple as how I want the dishes washed. You know, you wash the glasses first and the pans last or whatever. And I had to just force myself to show my kids how I wanted it done and then leave the room and let them do it because if I stood there and watched it, they wouldn't be doing it right. And I'm using air quotes there, but there's a limit to how much any one person can do. And at some point you've got to let go of some of these things, but, or as you said, keep doing it and just be crabby about it. I don't know that that's such a good way to live your life. Yeah. I'm excited to see the feedback that you get about this particular (laughs) segment. I'm sure some people will say, yes, I feel you. And some people will say, oh no, you're so wrong. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, it's it's been real interesting, and I I hope that I hear from some some of the listeners about this and about what works for them or what they think on this topic. The feedback I've had so far is from uh, you know I did a I, I put a listener survey out not long ago, and I've been getting some responses to that, and a lot of them are among the things they struggle with is saying no and delegating things to other people. So I don't think it's just you and me, Katie. <laughs> Well, I, I doubt it is because I've I've seen I've seen the same thing, but yeah, we'll see. So I know you know we've talked a little bit about the fact that you have a routine for your days, and and that certainly can contribute to being more efficient and making time for all the things you need to do. I want to ask. And I sort of know the answer because this is part of what you guys do every week on Mac Power Users. But what are some of the the tools you like or resources you recommend for managing your time and and uh, being more efficient to get and more productive? Well, let's see. We just recorded episode two hundred and seventy eight of the Mac Power Users podcast. They average about an hour and a half in length each. So, how much time do you have here? No. <laughs> well, you know, a few minutes. <laughs> no. Um, well, obviously, that's one of the big things. You know, in the Mac power users, we we tend to skew obviously to to Mac related things, but that's one of our big sh- 
sticks I should talk about is, you know, we, and, and the title of the show is aspirational. It's how to use your technology. And it's not just Macs, it's Macs and iOS devices and, you know, so iPhones and iPads and now the Apple Watch to how to use those more productively. How can real people, doctors and lawyers and dentists and accountants and small business owners, you know, put their technology to use in a way that it's going to be most efficient to them. So now, now you're really getting into, um, you know, the things that, that we like to talk about all day long. So we, we could go on for a while, but, um, you know, if, if people are interested about lots of these topics in even more depth, you know, we've got a whole archive section of the show and we try to name our episodes pretty generically based on the topic that we're discussing. So you can kind of go in and pick and choose if you're interested in learning about paper, going paperless, or if you're interested in learning about managing email, or if you're interested in learning about the GTD methodology, you know, there, there are a couple of shows that you can pick and choose and, and see what's helpful to you. But a couple of things that, that I do kind of big picture is I, I know you've talked about on your show before. I know you've had shows on the GTD system. That's, that's David Allen's system that he created. Um, his book is Getting Things Done. He actually re-released a version of it fairly recently. But the basic idea behind the GTD methodology is you can't keep all of this stuff in your head. No matter how smart you are, no matter how great of a memory you have, you just can't keep everything that you have to do floating around in your head. So the idea is to have one trusted system, preferably one, where you can get all of this stuff out and put it somewhere so that you can go back and reference that trusted system and mark off what you have to do. And I'll admit that I do not follow the GTD methodology to the T. You obviously have to find what works for you. But what works for me is, is I use a program that we've talked about quite a bit called uh, OmniFocus. And that's a program that does have a pretty steep learning curve. They've got a Mac application, and then they've got an iOS application uh, that has a companion iWatch application. And David Sparks, who we've talked about before, who's my podcasting partner, has done a great video screencasting series about getting started with OmniFocus. So if if you're intimidated by OmniFocus or or if you're interested in, in learning more about that and you're a visual learner, that his uh, field guide to OmniFocus is a great place to start. Yeah, it's awesome. I've I've seen it. Yeah. So that's where I keep all of my stuff because I figured out that I couldn't keep it all in my head. And so I keep most of my stuff that I have to do in OmniFocus. Like for example, you know, I was at the office about an hour before uh, we got on, on the Skype call today, and I realized, you know what, I've got to go. I'm, I'm not going to have time to wrap up all of these things that I that I need to do before I need to leave to, to come talk to you today. But I knew that I wanted to clean out my inbox and get my desk ready for the next day because I'm a big believer in inbox zero. And Merlin Mann has talked quite a bit about mm-hmm. his inbox zero philosophy Something about clutter just in general, clutter on your physical work surface and then clutter in your digital work surface, to me, it's just an absolute barrier to any kind of productivity. So at least at the end of every day, I make sure that I process everything that is in my inbox and my inbox and my email inbox is what I'm talking about is completely down to zero. So anything that I wasn't able to respond to or resolve by the end of the day got set up as a task in OmniFocus for me to either take care of tomorrow or later this week or whatever is appropriate. So those are two big things that I do. You know, if it's something that I can do quickly, you know, kind of the, the old two-minute rule, I do it and then I'm, I'm over it. I get it done and I file it and I don't ever touch it again. You know, if not, then it gets shot off so I can take care of it somewhere else. 
Yeah, I think there's something really to be said for making that time at the end of the workday to sort of clear the decks and create a an organized space to walk into for the next morning. I really think that uh, somebody asked me recently, how do you start your day in an ideal world? And I my answer was it starts the night before by clearing those decks and by giving a moment's thought to, all right, what are my priorities for tomorrow and what am I going to start with? If I know that before I leave at the end of the day, if I know what I'm going to start with the next morning, I'm ready to hit the ground running rather than sort of noodling around in the morning trying to figure out, well, what should I do next? Right. And uh, I think, you know, I'm very technology-based. That's just who I am. It doesn't have to be all technology. It could be a planner. It could be a calendar. Um, and I use a lot of this stuff in conjunction with each other. I, I am a, I utilize my calendar quite a bit. Mine is all electronic. I keep my calendar in the cloud. We use a, a Google-based system for the office, and I use Apple's um, MobileMe or iCloud.Mac. What's it called these days? iCloud, I think. Um, it, it changes weekly. Yeah. Um, but I use Apple's iCloud-based system for my personal calendar, um, but everything gets calendared. You know, If it's not on my calendar, it, it doesn't exist. And yeah. so um, one of the ways that I use that is I, I really like the application Fantastical, which started out as a as a menu bar utility, but it basically it now is a full fledged fledged calendar application. But they have um, apps for the Mac, and then they also have apps for uh, the iPhone, which allow you an iPad, which allow you to very quickly create calendar events. And some of this is getting better with OS ten. Uh, El Capitan that's coming out as well as some of the new data detection features in iOS 9. But as soon as somebody sends me an email saying, yes, we're going to lunch on Thursday at, at you know 1130, that gets put in my calendar. And then I can get rid of that email. I don't need to keep that email in my inbox. Um, you know, So I'm very, very proactive about using my calendar to set up things because it just I make it so easy to add things to my calendar. And my assistant has access to my calendar and other people in my office have access to my calendar. And then I'm very proactive about blocking off things on my calendar and, and using my calendar so that people don't accidentally, you know, double, double book me for things. So that's been a big thing. Um, and then I also try to think ahead. As soon as something pops in my head that I know that I'm going to need to do, even if it's not until, you know, February, I put that in you know, my OmniFocus. Like, for example, you and I were talking before the show started about MiloFest that's coming up in November. And that's a that's a conference for Mac-using attorneys. And I know that I happen to have a conflict with MiloFest and my end-of-court meeting for, for local attorneys, and that one of the rules of the end-of-court is that if you're going to miss a meeting, you have to send a replacement in your place. Well, I happen to be thinking about that right now, so... I've created a reminder and thrown it in my inbox in OmniFocus and set the defer date for, you know, the 1st of November so that I've I've got two weeks to think about it to find an alternate to replace me at the end of court meeting. But, you know, I've thought about it. I've now scheduled it. I, and I'm not going to see it again until November 1st, even though it's not something that needs to be done until the second week of November. I don't even have to think about it again because OmniFocus is going to prompt me about it. Yeah, and so you don't have to spend any mental energy trying to remember to do that. Right. If the, if the very first time you think of it, you get it into your system, whether that's electronic or paper or whatever a person uses. I I have to do the same thing because otherwise 
I'm walking around all the time trying to remember stuff that needs to get done and I can't focus on the work at hand because there's a piece of the brain that's always, you know, don't forget you got to do this. Don't forget you got to buy that or whatever it is. So I think it's really important. I tell you, one of the things that has really upped my game with this, although I have found I have a lot more to do now, and I think that's just because I'm remembering that I have more to do now, is the Apple Watch. I have Mm -hmm. really started using the Siri integration with the Apple Watch because I can just raise my wrist or hit the crown and and say, remind me to find a replacement for my in-of-court meeting. And boom, that gets added to my reminders list, which I have OmniFocus pull into my inbox. So next time I process my inbox, that's going to get processed. Or I use the last of the milk this morning. And so I just said, add milk to my shopping list. Boom, you know, milk got added to my shopping list. I don't have to ever think about that again. When I'm at the grocery store tomorrow, I don't have to think, you know, stand in front of the milk counter and think, was I out of milk or not? I don't remember. Did I use the last bit? Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I need to do more of. I, you know, I have an Apple watch and I love it and I use it for a lot of things, but I keep forgetting that it's got that Siri integration. My first instinct still is to reach for the phone to enter that stuff. And so that's a good reminder for me to practice doing that and using it more because it's such a great tool to have and it's always right there. I put my watch on as soon as I get out of the shower in the morning. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask this. There's a question I always love to ask guests to sort of get different perspectives on this. And this is, and and it's a two-part question. With all that you do and all that you know, because you're a very organized and tech-oriented person, do you ever have a day when it just all gets away from you or you get stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? I have certainly I have those days and then I just have days and and I think the answer is the same that I just have days where I just can't get myself motivated to do anything which yeah. I think is is probably a similar type day where maybe maybe I just have had enough you know yeah. and, I, and I'm just done um you know and and I guess the the first thing I try to do is I I try to figure out why is this going on what is causing this am I stressed out because I don't have a piece of information am I stressed out because I just have too much to do am I stressed out because I've just I've had enough and I need a break and so I try to figure out what is the cause of this if it's because I have a I mean sometimes the answer is is if because I have a hard deadline and I've got to get stuff today sometimes those are the days you just have to buckle down and push through because you absolutely positively have to get something done. So the first thing I try to do is I, is I kind of try to step back and analyze the situation and figure out, okay, what is going on here and why? Sometimes when things just go completely off the rails, I just go to bed. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I, I know that seems like a cop-out, but there's sometimes when you just can't fight the momentum. And so what I'll do is I'll try to, you know, kind of like you said, clear the decks, you know, I'll try to put myself in the best position to have a better day tomorrow. What can I do today to salvage what is left of this day to put myself in a better position to make things right tomorrow? You know, if I've already accepted that today is lost, is there anything that I can do to prep for tomorrow and just call it quits, stop worrying about it, stop fussing about it, you know, just kind of give myself permission to let this be a lost day, and then resolve that I'm going to set my alarm for an hour or two hours earlier tomorrow, and then just tackle it fresh then. Yeah, you're not the first person who's answered that question that way. And I think it's good to hear. 
I, I do a similar thing. You know, there are those days when you've just got to suck it up and, and do it. But sometimes we, I think we as women and certainly prof- the professional women that I know, we take on so much. And sometimes our our body or our psyche or something is just saying, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. And you got to, sometimes you just have to go with that. And I, I, I like your idea of setting yourself up to make the next day better. And then just, you know, put your pajamas on and take a book and a cup of tea or hot chocolate or whatever your beverage of choice might be and call it quits for the day. Give yourself a break. Yeah. Or, or sometimes I'll try to think, well, is there anything, you know, for lack of a better word, low bandwidth, that Mm -hmm. I can do. You know, if my mind is just not into doing something, you know, can I do the laundry? Can, can I cut the grass? Can I, you know, is there something else that I can do that at least is productive? That's maybe checking something off my list later in the day, but, or later in the week or whatever, but is just not, you know, that it is just not doing what I can't do right now. Uh, The other thing that I really try to do, and this just comes from lessons learned earlier in life is I really try not to put anything off into the last minute. You know, I realize that things happen and things pop up, but I've learned throughout my life through other experiences that things happen. You know, sometimes you get the emergency phone call where you have to drop everything that you're doing and go run and do something else because nothing else matters. And when you don't know when that's going to happen, you know, you can't afford to put the brief that has to be filed tomorrow off until the day before. Yeah. You know, they're just, you know, if you, if you know, you've got a hard deadline on something that you've just, I try to get it done and give myself a little bit of a breather to get things done ahead of time. Um, And then I've also learned that at some point I hit a stopping point, you know, for example, at exam time, obviously there's a difference in being a student in your twenties and being a student in your late thirties that, um, you know, I don't cram for exams anymore. I don't stay up 24 hours with a take home exam you know what? At eight o'clock, I'm done. Whatever it is, whatever I've done, I'm done. And it's okay to give your per- yourself permission to do that. I mean, that's that is a lesson you learn <laughs> through experience and and through. That's one of the, I guess the advantages of being ba- in school again a little bit later in life. I was in my mid thirties when I went to law school and already had my five kids. And I had a very different experience of law school than the students, you know, my classmates who had gone from high school to college to Cornell. I don't know that there's one, one way is better or worse than the other, but I I do think my experience was different and my perspective on what was going on there was different. You realize it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> it is it's not the whole world doesn't you know revolve around this one experience so yeah, right very that's very good well katie what's on the horizon for you do you you have speaking engagements coming up or are you just going to be i don't know writing any books or anything what no i'm not on? i'm not writing a <laughs> just book just trying to finish school <laughs> Um, well, I, uh, busy, it's, it's, it's going to be a busy year for sure. It's going to be an interesting year and then we'll, we'll see from there. Um, definitely Mac power users is, is still going strong. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. No, I'm not surprised, but you know, I, who, who, I, I never would have thought, you know, when David and I started this, I think back in 2009, um, you know, that we'd be on show 270 something, uh, as we record this and, and heading towards show 300 with, with thankfully no, no end in sight. So, 
So, um, you know, that's still a, a weekly commitment, and then we do a, a bonus show once a month. So, you know, we're we're doing five to six shows a month, and that's that's about all I can handle there. And we recently moved to to Relay FM last year, and that's just been a, a great move for us. And the guys over at Relay have been wonderful to us. Um, I am finishing up my uh, my LLM this year. I am on track to finish that up in May. So that will be exciting. Uh, I recently moved to a new law practice with some some new law partners. I'm I'm now of counsel with a little bit, a little bit smaller, a little more niche firm. But I'll I'll be doing more work in estate planning, which is my preferred area. So it's a it's a little bit scary. I'm now kind of out on my own. Um, you know, no longer an associate with a steady salary. You know, now kind of on that. Um, partnership track with the uh eat what you kill type arrangement so it's it's scary but but also it's it's what's next you know it's the next step so very focused on on building my my practice this year um and then on the personal side my little brother is getting married this year so we're we're getting ready for a family wedding well that sounds like fun where can people connect with you online or find more about you if they want to uh, well, my website is katiefloyd.com, K-A-T-I-E-F-L-O-Y-D.com. Uh, there is, you know, my blog and you can find links to everything that I do. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Katie Floyd. And I'll put links to all that in the show notes. Well, before we go, any last words for the listener who might be looking for help or, or suggestions in getting things done and, and making a life that matters? You know, my my biggest takeaway is keep things simple. You know, there there is no need for this all to be complicated. If you're spending too much time fiddling with your system, fiddling with trying to figure out a day planner, um, you know, just running around and you've got too much stuff, I have found that I am happiest when when I have just kept things as clean and as simple and as straightforward as as possible and that that's really been my theme the last couple of years is is uh just keep it simple and and things seem to work out well that's great advice and it uh, it you may or may not know it goes right along with the theme of this show for the last several episodes uh, particularly ever since I read David McKeon's essentialism book so yeah uh, well, thank you so much, Katie, for taking the time to talk with us. Oh, my pleasure. I am so thankful to Katie for taking the time out of a very, very busy schedule to share her thoughts on how she manages her busy life and also for her great suggestions for tools and resources. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Katie? Was there anything she said that you thought was particularly helpful or that you have questions about? Please feel free to respond either by going to theproductivewoman.com slash 61 and sharing your questions or comments in the show notes there. Or you can go to The Productive Woman's Facebook page and post a question or comment there as well. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com or leave a voice message by clicking on the button either on the website in the show notes or on the Facebook page. So uh, look forward to hearing from you. If you enjoy this podcast, I would very much appreciate it if you'd consider rating and reviewing The Productive Woman in iTunes or Stitcher. This really helps other people find the show. It also gives me feedback that is helpful to me in planning future episodes and knowing whether I'm on the right track. There are links to both to subscribe and to rate and review the show in the show notes 
at theproductivewoman.com slash 61, or you can go straight to theproductivewoman.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher, and that'll take you right to the page in those services where you can leave just a couple of sentences of review and let me know what you think about the show. Thank you very much for doing that. Before we wrap up, I do want to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor, Prep Dish. And I just have been very excited about joining forces with Prep Dish to provide something to you that I think many of you are going to find very useful. Prep Dish has a special page for the Productive Woman listeners at prepdish.com slash productive, where you can go to learn more and sign up for that low-cost trial. For many of us, you know, one of the great challenges that we deal with on a regular basis is getting healthy meals on the table, getting food on the table that our families will eat and not spending more time than we actually have to get that done. And Prep Dish is a great solution to this because it's a meal planning service that provides menu ideas, the complete shopping list that's in a printable form that you can take to the grocery store with you, and then step-by-step instructions for a process of spending maybe a couple of hours one day a week, maybe a Saturday afternoon or whenever it works for you to get things set up for the week. You've spent that couple of hours and then you've got meals for the rest of the week that are delicious, that are healthy. These are meals that um, contain no, you know, they're natural foods, healthy foods that that are planned by a woman who is both a trained personal chef and a registered dietitian. So these are meals that are delicious and healthy. I mean, we're talking about, you know, one week I was looking at the, the menu options for, for dinner, smoky paprika chicken and herb roasted trio of fall vegetables. And I went, yum. Um, pecan crusted salmon with roasted red pepper and sweet potato soup. I, I love salmon, so that you know that caught my eye. And a beef and vegetable minestrone soup that I think would be just awesome for a fall dinner. These are delicious meals. They're planned for that purpose, but also to be healthy as well because each weekly menu meal plan comes with paleo options and gluten-free options. And I have a lot of friends who are on a gluten-free diet for health reasons or otherwise, and they're always looking for ideas of, of good things that they that fit within that plan. And so here's here's your solution, ladies. This is, I mean, just awesome. You get everything you need in terms of the plan and the grocery list and everything to put these meals on your table. The monthly rate is really reasonable to begin with, but they're offering the Productive Woman listeners a special rate of $4 for the first month on the plan. And so, you know, that's a dollar a week. I think it's just a perfect solution. I'm really looking forward to trying a bunch of these recipes and these meals because they just look really tasty. Prep Dish lets you shop once, prep once, and then enjoy healthy, stress-free meals all week, leaving you with more time to accomplish the other things that matter to you. So please try them out. Visit prepdish.com productive to get started today. And thank you so much to Prep Dish for supporting The Productive Woman. And that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Katie. I hope you found something in this episode that is helpful to you. I look forward to hearing from you, hearing your feedback, your questions, your suggestions, and your thoughts on the things that Katie and I talked about. And I also look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself. 
and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.